Welcome to the Looper Podcast, a show where we make the rounds with interesting golf personalities. Here's your host, Eric Payton. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. We've got a great and unique episode today that was really fun for me to do. It actually started as an experience and turned into a conversation. Today's guest is Dr. Casey Negret. He's a physical therapist that specializes in golf, and he's the owner of Impact Health and Performance in Ankeny, Iowa. He's also certified by the Titleist Performance Institute, so he took me through their Level 1 TPI screening. In this episode, we talk about TPI, golf fitness, and the PGA Tour. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Casey Negret, I'm the owner of Impact Health and Performance in Ankeny, Iowa. I'm a physical therapist, and I started my company here just a few months ago. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Um, my first question is, how did you get interested in focusing your physical therapy business on the game of golf specifically? Yeah, great question. Um, so I, I grew up playing a, playing a little bit of golf. I wouldn't say that I was uh, super into it most of um, my uh, childhood. Um, but I, uh, I was very active. Um, uh, uh, athlete um, through high school and then had the opportunity to run um, track at Iowa State University for a couple of years. So I was just used to, to being competitive. Um, and I definitely, definitely did do some golfing and, and enjoyed it. It just wasn't one of my um, top priorities at the time. But um, once I, once I finished up um, my competitive track career, um, I, I noticed that I, I needed to do something to kind of fuel the competitive side of me and um, golf was kind of just the, the thing I gravitated towards and it didn't, didn't take long for me to, to really get hooked on it um, and really work myself um, at improving my game and, and um, the way I kind of approach it um, as far as uh, kind of my, my physical cap capabilities for it as well and, and seeing the, um, the benefits that that had for it. So um, as I was going through physical therapy school and I um, became interested in, in starting my own, my own practice, my own business, um, I kind of just naturally gravitated towards um, golfers and, and helping them. It's something I'm, I'm passionate about. Um, doesn't feel like I'm working when I'm, um, when I'm helping somebody move better for golf or when I'm talking to them about how what we're doing is going to, to benefit them out on the golf course, how it's going to help them you know, play longer, play better, play pain-free, enjoy the game more um, because I know how much I enjoy it. Um, it's, it's great to be able to help those people um, enjoy, enjoy this game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the main reason for, for wanting to focus on that. Okay, awesome. So you are uh, both a physical therapist, but then also C certified in TPI, which um, I think a lot of golfers are going to know that terminology, but some are not. And I hope in this, throughout this podcast, people are, uh, the average golfer is going to be able to learn more about what TPI offers and what, how they can improve their game. Because um, a lot of times we just go to like an instructor. I'm, I'm an instructor and get a lesson in golf to improve our game. Uh, but there's this other side of it, this physical side of it, um, that allows your body to move better, and that's where this TPI comes in. So can you kind of explain a little bit of what TPI is to uh, people listening? Exactly. 
Yeah. So um, TPI or the title is Performance Institute. Um, they're an educational organization, a research and educational organization. Um, and they focus on uh, how the human body moves in the golf swing. You can probably guess that with um, the name Titleist being in their, in their name. Um, but like I said, they're, they're a research and education organization. So they've done a ton of research on um, how the body moves and, and, and you know, where you need good mobility, where you need good stability, what, what kind of foundational movements you, you need to be able to produce to produce an, an efficient golf swing. Um, but that's not to say that there's only one efficient golf swing. And that's one thing that they're, they're uh, big proponents of is, um, you know, they're not trying to make everybody swing the same way. Um, there's some, there's some good things that they look for to, to be able to do. Uh, but the main thing is just assessing what you can do and then kind of building an efficient swing around what your capabilities are, um, physically. So, um, they've got, uh, a ton of data on not only professional golfers, but um, a lot of, of information on just the, the average club golfer as well. So um, taking all that information, um, finding out what kind of things correlate with, with what um, allows us to take what we, what we gain as a TPI certified um, professional, take what we gain in an assessment of that individual um, and help them basically build uh, their, their most efficient golf swing, um, mm -hmm. with that information. Yeah. So, um, in preparation for this podcast, you gave me a virtual TPI screening, which I think is something that you're kind of working on in your business. And so if anyone's interested in that, they can, um, go check out what you're doing and follow you. But as you're doing these TPI assessments, what are you seeing is the, maybe the biggest, uh, struggle that the average golfer has? Is there something that stands out that like most people um, could significantly improve by doing? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of what I like to call um, or what I, what I commonly refer to to people as low hanging, hanging fruit. Um, when we, when we do these assessments um, I'd say that the top two um, are some mobility restrictions mm -hmm. um, and I think we talked about it in, in your assessment, but, yeah. um, the, the top areas of the body that, that, um, I can almost guarantee, um, when somebody walks through the door, I can see it is their hip mobility. Um, so hip rotation and then their mid back or their upper back, their thoracic spine, mm -hmm. um, rotational mobility as well. Um, just, uh, in an age where a lot of people, a lot of club golfers, um, have desk jobs, where they're sitting a lot um, for a majority of their day. Um, and then, uh, you know, the only real time they, they get up and move or, or one of the few times they get up and move is, is out on the golf course. And then they ask their body to move through these extreme ranges of motion. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can't just rely on that. So, yeah. um, you know, that's where a lot of people are, are losing efficiency in their, in their golf swing. They're, they're losing power. Mm -hmm. um, but not only that, uh, that's where a lot of people get into trouble and, and, and deal with injuries as well. Mm. Um, you know, they're, like I said, they're not getting this motion throughout the day for the most part. And then they go out and they try to use, um, this motion in a very fast manner, um, mm -hmm. by, by going through a, a pretty powerful golf swing. Um, and they're just pushing their body to, to 
um, some ranges that it's just not comfortable with. And that's where um, things can, can kind of break down or, or become irritated and, and lead to um, injuries. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the two main areas that we, you found with my evaluation that I was stiff and I play a decent amount of golf. I probably play mm-hmm. uh, more golf than the average, you know, weekend golfer. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm, and I've been playing for quite a while at a fairly high level and, and yet I was still fairly stiff. I, I was the, the, the things that you took me through, I was surprised. I didn't even have to know how you were evaluating it. I knew I was doing poorly at them. Um, right. <laughs> so what is, what is a TPI screening consist of? Can you kind of explain, um, what we went through, uh, to the people listening and what, what, what it reveals about a golf swing? For sure. Yeah. Um, so kind of like I was alluding to earlier, um, the, the screen takes people through, um, it's, it's, um, 16 tests, um, 16, 16 little sub tests. Um, and it's focused around mobility and kind of a person's ability to produce these foundational movements, um, that are critical for the, for the golf swing. So, it's not, it's not a very strenuous test. It's not like we're having you um, run a mile or anything like that. Um, you know, we, we look a little bit at, at your ability to, to produce a squat. Um, you know, that's probably the, the most difficult part of it. But other than that, it's just producing these simple movements, just seeing how far you can move so that mm-hmm. we can get an idea of your, of your range of motion. Um, and then looking a little bit at quality of, of certain movements. So, um, being able to produce these, these foundational movements in a, in a good quality manner. Um, and then we, we kind of compile all of that data, um, and we take it against all the data that, um, TPI has, has, uh, developed over the years. Um, and it can correlate with some different swing characteristics that mm. we might see in the swing. Mm. So one thing that we didn't get a chance to do, but, um, you know, I'll occasionally do for, for some clients is I'll have them send me, um, a couple of videos of their swing. Okay. And, uh, from a couple of different angles, and then I can kind of draw on that a little bit or, or look at that, um, in slow motion and see if any of those swing characteristics are truly happening in their swing. Um, and then we can have a pretty good idea, um, that, you know, some of those things that we saw in the screen are likely contributing to, to that certain swing characteristic. And, yeah. and some of them aren't, aren't a big deal. Um, but other ones, um, are probably leading to those lack, uh, that lack of efficiency, um, or potentially an increased risk of, of injury. So, um, you know, if we can draw those correlations, we can show people that sort of thing. Um, it helps them understand that, you know, maybe doing some some good warm up things, or maybe adding some stuff to their their normal strength and conditioning or, or fitness program, whatever they're doing, um, that's going to relate directly to their golf game mm-hmm. is going to be beneficial for them. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I can't recommend enough. Um, like if, if golf is your thing, your hobby, um, what, what you, um, like look forward to doing and, and what gets you outside, um, gets you moving, you know, uh, going through a screen like this, kind of getting assessed and, and understanding what things you need to work on is going to help you, um, you know, play as long as you want, mm-hmm. um, play pain-free. Um, and it's also going to help you play better. So yeah. that's an extra bonus. Yeah. A couple of things you mentioned there, like, 
I mean, the, one of the things I love about golf, and it and maybe it sounds a little cliche, but um, when I was growing up, people would always say like, oh, you're, you're going to love that you started playing golf early because you can play it your whole life. And like this, this screening almost allows, like, I'm, I'm a little bit scared of the day when I can't, I can't even play golf, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm 80, 85, whatever it is. And I, I can't move enough to, uh, to play golf. And then it, it's almost like this, this game I've invested my life in. I can no longer, that, that, that seems like a very, a sad day if that were ever to come. And so this helps to like me to keep playing the game I love the rest of my life because that's what's one thing that's great about golf but also how you're talking about like the low-hanging fruit and you know as as an instructor I'm on the instruction side of it people come to me and they want to like play better golf and normally that means changing something they're doing and changes are hard to uh to like solidify so like if someone needs to you know hit it straighter then they got to, you know, what is it? The 10,000 hours that, that they got to yeah. do over and over again in order to perfect it. Well, when you're talking about this, like low hanging fruit, what I came to you and said was I can, know, I can see that I'm losing distance. I know I'm getting older. I'm not, not super old, but I'm getting older and I'm losing distance now. And I want to, I want to be able to hit it farther. Well, now you've identified these areas that basically I can just improve my mobility. I can keep the same swing and just mm-hmm. improve the mobility of my body to do the swing that I have and hit it farther and play better golf. And it's not like I have to practice. I mean, yeah, I've got to do these stretches that you sent me, but I don't have to change anything that I'm doing and learn something new. I have to do what I've been doing just with a better body. Um, and so that's, exactly. that's something that's go. kind of kind of interesting to me is that it is low-hanging fruit. And a lot mm-hmm. of times with golf instruction, it's not low hanging fruit. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's tearing something down and rebuilding it. Um, so that, that is all kind of something fairly new to me to, to think about like that. Um, but you also like explained the golf swing to me in a, in a way that I hadn't thought about it. Like all the joints and all the mo- the, 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 you know, the areas of the body. Can you kind of go through that? That was really interesting where you talked about, these areas of the body are only meant to move in one direction. These are meant to move in all different directions and, and how that builds up through your swing. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's a big thing, um, through the TPI process. Um, and I think they do a really good job of, of explaining it, but, um, basically to, to break it down, um, as simple as I can is, um, uh, if you, if you look at the body, um, the different regions, the different joints, um, it, it moves from, from the ground up or from the top down. It moves from kind of an alternating pattern of stable regions surrounded by mobile joints. So if we start at the ground up, um, down at your foot. Um, I always like to tell people that your foot has an arch in it. Everybody knows that it's got an arch in it. Mm-hmm. And then if you, if you relate that to architecture, an arch is supposed to be a very stable structure. It's the same thing with your, with your body and the way that's put up. So your foot is supposed to be a very stable region. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move, move one step up to your ankle. Your ankle can move in all sorts of directions. You can, um, I mean, one of the, one of the uh, um, exercises that I give people who've uh, maybe had an, an ankle sprain is the ankle alphabets. You, you, um, you draw out the alphabet using your, using your ankle um, mm-hmm. to move your foot. So your ankle can move you know, in circles. It can move all over the place. So it's a very mobile joint. 
um, we move one step up to the knee. Um, so the knee region or the knee joint, um, it's a hinge joint. It bends and straightens. Um, there's a little, a tiny bit of, of rotation, um, some side movement in there, but it's primarily a hinge joint. It goes in the sagittal plane, forward and backwards, extends and, and flexes. Um, so it's a very stable joint and it's supposed to be very stable. You move one more section up to the hip. It's very similar to the ankle. Um, I mean, hurdlers, you can, you can move your hips um, in, in circles, um, the splits, all this stuff. You can do uh, very mobile things with the, with the hips. So the hip is, is a very um, uh, mobile joint. Um, one more up, um, actually we'll go two more up, but um, one more up is, is the low back. Um, and if you look at that anatomically, the way the, the joints of the um, lumbar spine or the low back are put together to move forward and backwards, to bend forward, to bend backwards. Um, not a ton of rotation comes out of it. Not a lot of side bending comes out of it. So it's another stable joint or stable region. Um, and then we move up to the mid back or the thoracic spine. Like I was talking about early, that's supposed to be a very mobile joint. Um, if you rotate, that's where most of your rotation comes from. It does a good job of bending forward and backwards. If you side bend, um, that rib cage moves with you. Um, that's all connected to that thoracic spine. So um, just another mobile joint and then on up um, through through the neck and, and head there as well. Mm-hmm. You see the, the same pattern um, shoulder in there as well. Um, so that that alternating pattern of stable regions surrounded by mobile joints is kind of how the body's put together. So, I mean, really, if you want to simplify what we're doing with with TPI, as far as the mobility part of things and, and the stability part of things is we're looking are the right areas mobile that we mm-hmm. want to be mobile and then are the right areas stable that we want to be stable. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's really about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of, of variance here and there and, um, what we're looking at, but, but that's kind of the bare bones of, of what we're looking at. Yeah. So, um, who, who specifically would benefit from going through a TPI screening and, um, what, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just start with that. Who would benefit from this and then what do they gain from doing it? Maybe, maybe different types of players, do they gain different things from it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I would, I, I, I can't recommend going through a screen like this, um, enough to anybody, you know, whether it's for me or you find somebody close to you, that's, that's TPI certified. Um, if you're, if you're really into golf, if, if golf is your thing, um, you know, I think this, this screen is for you. Um, one of the things that, that we had talked about earlier is that um, there's there's a lot of professional golfers that that consistently do this this screen um, on a on a weekly if not more often basis mm-hmm. uh, during the season to just to make sure that their body is where they want it to be or you know they maybe need to make um, certain compensation based on what their body is is doing um, mm-hmm. that week during that tournament. So um, I think the stat is that uh, 25 of the top 30, um, professional golfers in the, in the official world golf rankings, um, consistently work with a TPI certified expert. And those experts are, um, taking these golfers through this screen consistently. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the pros are doing it. Um, you know, why not you? And, um, you know, there might be different reasons for it. Um, but I, I think 
for the most part, the reasons are, are the same. It's to, to, um, play your best golf and to decrease the risk of injury while you're yeah. doing that um, yeah. so that you can do it, do it as long as you want to. So, um, really anybody who's, who's an, who's an avid golfer or who golfs, um, consistently, uh, would benefit from something like this. Yeah. Um, and so as, as far as what you gain, um, you gain the, the knowledge of how your body moves. Um, and then, you know, if you're working with the, with the right person, um, they can give you things to do to improve on that. So mm -hmm. like for you, after we did, did your assessment, I was able to, um, just quickly send you over a handful of, of exercises, um, yeah. to, to go off. And I, I gave you, you know, the most basic things that are going to have, you know, the, the biggest, uh, uh, return on investment for you. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if you do them consistently for, you know, um, a, a little bit of time here, I think you'll, you'll see some really big, um, uh, differences there. And, and that's the same thing that, that anybody can get from this is it, it guides what you need to do. That's mm -hmm. the biggest thing, you know, the knowledge is great, but if you don't do anything with it, <laughs> then you're yeah. not going to get any reward out of it. Yeah. Um, other yeah. than, you know, being able to tell people, Hey, I went through the screen and you know, my, my back's tight. Yeah. Um, but if you do something about it, you're going to see some changes. You're going to see that improvement in your mobility. Um, you're going to see uh, that you feel better out on the course that your back isn't as sore um, uh, by the end of the round or halfway through the round. Um, you're going to see that you're hitting the ball 10, 20 yards farther um, with using the exact same swing like you were saying. Um, so that's the biggest thing. You know, the screen, it's great, but if you don't have the back end of doing something with that information, mm -hmm. um, then it's, it's not going to be as beneficial to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that it's personalized. Like it, it, it's all about what is best for you. So you get the, the, the results are tailored to what your swing is. Um, but also what's great is I'm thinking like I'm sitting here, we're both sitting here in central Iowa and although I still believe there's some warm weather to play golf left. It's not really, I was actually supposed to play golf this afternoon and it's been raining for three days and it's cold. So we're not playing, <laughs> but like going into the winter, uh, that is something that I'm excited to do all winter long, you know, do some stretches so that when I get to the spring, uh, I've improved my game without even hitting the ball, you know, cause yeah, we can, we can hit into some nets or maybe you have an indoor range where you are or whatever. Um, and that's great, but utilizing the, the cold months when you can't play golf to improve your game is something that I think everyone wants to do. We're all kind of anxious to get out and play, you know? Exactly. And, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I try to use with people to, to motivate them in the, in the off season to, to work on, um, you know, some of the limitations that we might find in, in this assessment is, yeah, in Iowa, we, we go into hibernation from, from golf, um, for half the year, basically. Yeah. Um, and so if you can, you know, if you're already, um, doing some, some fitness routine or some, some strength and conditioning routine, um, but golf is your main thing and you haven't really broken down what you're doing, mm. um, to, to relate it back to golf. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that can really motivate people to, to, um, you know, to get up and, and get moving and mm -hmm. maybe go to the gym and, and start something if they haven't, um, you know, if they can relate it to, you know, this is going to make me 
feel better and play better out on the golf course. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's something of value to me. That's, mm -hmm. that's what, that's why I need to do this. Um, and then just like you're saying, if they do it, they stay consistent with it. It's, it's going to have results. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. like practicing a sport. Um, you know, if you, if you practice more, you're going to do better. <laughs> yeah. If you work on the things that you're, uh, limited at, uh, physically, um, you're going to improve. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if, if we, if we assess that and we relate it to golf and we make sure that it's, um, you know, it's something that's going to directly, um, uh, result in, in, um, improvements out on the golf course, that's just a, an added benefit. Yeah. So I want to ask you about the pros and right now it's pretty trendy to talk about, you know, all these guys like Bryson DeChambeau or, um, even Brooks Kepka, or, you know, all these guys who are trying to gain a bunch of weight and muscle mass for distance. Um, and like in the short term, it appears to be having some results. Um, but like what I always point to is, you know, Tiger kind of started this, um, really focus on fitness and boom in golf. But like, I can't name a single guy who's, who's chased after like muscle mass and not struggled with injuries. Um, I mean, Bryson might be, I don't know his whole injury history, but he might be the only one, but he's also just started it. He gained 40 pounds over the last off season. And I don't think that's going to last. So I want to know what you think about muscle mass kind of entering in to the golf game where now a lot of pros look like linebackers. Yeah. What What's your thought on that when it comes to, uh, the health of the body long-term playing golf for sure. Yeah. So very, very hot topic, um, in the different golf communities, but also in, you know, physical therapy or the healthcare community and the, in the fitness community. Um, you know, it's something that, that gets a lot of, um, a lot of attention. Um, and going back to, to Tiger Woods, um, you know, he did make a, a statement not that long ago that, um, you know, somebody, I can't remember what interview it was, but somebody asked him, you know, about his, his training program or his training regimen. And if there's anything he would change. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing that he, that he said he would change was, was not running as much. I mean, he would run miles and miles and miles every single day. Yeah. Um, and, and he was kind of relating it, relating it to his, to his knees, um, but from me, from the healthcare side and, and also from the strength and conditioning side, um, you know, running miles and miles and miles for a golfer, um, doesn't make much sense. Um, there's something to be said for specificity in your training, in your strength and conditioning training. And, and for somebody whose profession it is to, to golf, um, you would hope that, the way they're building their program out um, is um, specific in the demands, the energy demands um, to golf. So I'm not saying going to the gym and um, swinging a weighted club or grabbing the pulley system and, and pretending to do a swing with, with weights. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but the way you program the sets and reps, the weights you're doing, um, the amount of cardio that you're doing, all that stuff um, should mimic to a, um, a pretty good correlation with the demands of, of a round of golf mm -hmm. for them, um, or for a week of golf for them. Um, and so running miles and miles, and miles is, it, it doesn't match up. 
I yeah. mean, when, when you go golfing, if you're walking, um, you're walking, you're not yeah. running. Yeah. Um, and you're walking a few minutes and then you stop and then you produce a very powerful swing. Mm-hmm. And then you walk again for a few minutes and you stop and you do that over and over and over again for mm-hmm. you know, three to four hours, whatever that is. Um, so, you know, running three miles is, is not, they, they don't necessarily match up. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the other thing is, is like I said, um, the powerful swing side of things. So that's where the, the bulkiness and the strength comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where that specificity has started to gain, gain popularity. Um, and, and people have, have started to take advantage of that because it helps you hit the ball further. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what, what you should be doing. Um, you know, you should be working some powerful movements outside of the game. If you're not, if you're only running and working on cardio and stuff like that, and then you go out to the golf course and expect to hit the ball 300 yards, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen because your, your muscles, your nervous system is not primed to produce that powerful movement. It's primed to do long sustained endurance activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that actually, if, if you're, if you're off in that respect to, um, your training or what you do throughout your, your day, um, actually sets you up for a, a higher, uh, risk of inner injury than lifting heavy weights and, and getting stronger and, hmm. um, uh, working on your power and stuff like that. But, um, kind of playing dab- devil's advocate here. Um, you know, if you are just focused on getting bulky and you completely neglect the, um, mobility sides of things, or you don't assess that kind of stuff and you're, and you're not, you know, staying, mobile in the right areas and you know you're you're just getting a really big bulky chest and and you're not focusing on your on your back or something so you're not keeping things to somewhat somewhat symmetrical Um, they don't be perfectly symmetrical but somewhat symmetrical Um, then you can stiffen up and then if you're trying to produce a really powerful swing around something really stiff then you can then you can um um, develop injuries or or a higher risk of injuries too so um, that's where you know, taking this assessment or maybe taking it the next step and, and doing the fitness, the TPI fitness assessment too, um, can help you gain the knowledge that you need yeah. and then build the program that you need to not only decrease your risk of injury, but also really skyrocket your performance or your, your power out there on the golf course as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So it really, it's really not a, yes or no answer with bulking up it's whether you're doing it properly and what's what's interesting you know two of the actually all three of those guys but i would i would kind of throw tiger woods out of it um uh but bryson and brooks are both in the top 30 of the world so they're um they're probably that stat you threw out of 25 of the 30 yeah. are doing tpi they're probably doing tpi mm-hmm. um so they're probably aware of this stuff and so um yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, not the average the average golfer probably isn't going to bulk up like that. Um, but so it, I guess does it kind of come back to like you're talking about the the um, stable areas and the areas that rotate a lot? Mm-hmm. Do you, is it as generic as like you want the stable ones to be muscular and the mobile ones to be flexible, or is it are those connected in some ways or? Um, sort of. Sort yeah. Of. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, you would, you would definitely want to have good, 
muscular control to, to stabilize a certain area, but um, you also want good muscular control to, to move a joint too. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I would say, you know, muscular control around a stable joint helps to, to keep it stable. Um, and that allows for a mobile joint to be more mobile as okay. well. So um, yeah, that can definitely be benefit, but, but to go back to, um, you know, even though these, these, high quality, high performing professional golfers are aware of this stuff, or they have a team that's aware of this stuff and is helping to, to guide them. They're still getting in an insane amount more repetition than yeah. you and I are, or the average golfer is, um, it's, it's very, very high repetition. So, um, with that amount of repetition, the, the risk for, you know, overuse type stuff or, um, you know, just if one little thing goes off and they just keep doing repetition over the, over the top of that, it's, it's more likely to, to lead to an injury. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just like any other occupational related injury and what, whatever you do, um, you know, uh, there's those, there's those risks because you're doing a lot of repetition of the, of the same thing. Just yeah. like, you know, if you're sitting at the desk doing a desk job, typing a lot, you know, carpal tunnel is a, is a big thing, yeah. um, that, that a lot of people will see with that. Um, so for, for the golfer, um, you know, just from the sheer repetition that the professional golfers are, are putting in, yeah. you know, there's going to be a higher risk for, for certain injuries. Yeah. So it, we hadn't really talked much about this, but you would, this made me think about it being in the, in the pro game, you'd taken me through the level one assessment, right? And then there's a level two assessment as well. Um, what's what's the difference? What what do you what do you do differently with with those? And what's that like? And w like, what are the? I guess maybe the difference in those two because a lot of people, a lot of average golfers probably are going through level one, and then the pros are probably going through the level two TPI assessment. Sure. Yeah. So um, just uh, to, to clarify. So the level, the level one screen is what any, but anybody out there who's TPI certified is going to okay. be trained in and yeah. be able to, to run somebody through. So, um, that's a level one, but then they have a, like a, a second and a third tier of certifications mm -hmm. and they break those into different categories. So either golf professionals will go one direction, medical professional professionals, another direction, fitness professionals, another direction. Um, and then if you maybe work with junior golfers more, um, they've got a junior, um, and then they've also got a, um, a power, um, category as well. But, um, most of those will have a separate screen, um, okay. or they'll have different information that you can take in and, and use. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for me personally, I've gone through the medical level two and the fitness level two. Okay. Um, with, with my background, I'm, I'm able to do that and um, apply that information in, in what I do. So typically what I'll do is I'll use the, the medical um, level two screening information as part of my physical therapy assessment. So okay. somebody, if a golfer, golfer is coming in and they're dealing with pain and mm -hmm. it's it's really limiting their ability to golf. There's going to be a lot more of that going into gotcha. what I gotcha. we do. Um, if it's more to, you know, take the performance to the next step, then we're going to look at the fitness level two um, screen. Mm -hmm. um, and so what that, what that is to go into that a little bit deeper is that's another 10 
um, screens. And, and that's more specifically looking at your strength, um, your ability to produce power or your speed strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, a little bit in your um, sprint capabilities or your, your, your ability to, um, um, to output you know, some, some speed, just some sheer, sheer speed. So, um, with the strength component, you know, then, then we're, we need to grab some, some dumbbells. We need some weight. We need some resistance to get some numbers on that. Uh, and also a pulley system, um, that we can hook up to some resistance. So that's where we get, get your strength numbers, um, for the power, just to give you an idea of, of what that looks like. Um, that's where the medicine balls come in. So, I mean, if you follow, um, trendy golf, fitness, social media pages, you'll see a lot of medicine ball, um, stuff. And, um, you'll hear a lot of people just starting to throw medicine balls around randomly, but, Mm. um, that, that actually comes into play in the, in the fitness level two screen. Um, so we, we throw some medicine balls in a, in a few different, um, a few different ways, uh, to, to get your power. We also look at your vertical jump, um, Mm. because that ability to produce, um, power or force from the ground up is the highest correlate to um, club head speed and being able to hit the ball further. Um, So we look at your, your vertical jump. Um, We look at your grip strength a little bit too. Um, And then as far as the the sheer speed, the the running type sprint thing, we do a a little bit of a a shuttle run. So um, just to kind of look at that, but that allows us to, to see where the leaks and maybe your efficiency um, for power is, is coming from. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to give you a little bit of an idea, a, a lot of what I've seen, um, through the, through the, um, screens that I've done with people is that, you know, they're pretty close on where they might need to be on the strength side of things, just the sheer strength, having the ability to produce force. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty close on, on, you know, where we would like them to be, but where they're really drastically lacking is their power output. Um, so being able to jump high, um, being able to, um, you know, produce this powerful movement with your core to throw, um, a medicine ball a certain way, or to, to throw with your, with your chest, use your upper body. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's where they're, where they're lacking. And, um, you know, I take that back to what I was talking about earlier. When we, when we look at their training, when I ask them, you know, what their fitness routine looks like, it's a ton of endurance stuff. They're Mm -hmm running miles or they're riding bike for, for miles and miles and miles. Um, and like I said, if you're doing that, if that's what your body's used to doing, that's what it's going to try to do all the time. Mm -hmm. So when you ask it to do a very powerful movement and most of your training is, um, centered around endurance type activities, um, the nervous system, the muscles aren't going to be prepared to do that the best way possible. So it's, uh, for a lot of times, um, for a lot of people, um, it's as simple as, you know, maybe doing less of the endurance stuff. If, if their, if their focus is to do better, to play better golf, to be yeah. able to hit the ball further, um, is to do less of the endurance stuff and start adding some power things in there, start adding some sprints in there, start, okay. um, moving weight fast. So not necessarily just putting a bunch of weight on and try and get bulky, but maybe, you know, doing moderate, um, weight and moving that weight fast through yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever strength, um, exercise you're, you're working on. Okay. So, so, 
um, changing the intent behind what you're doing fitness wise um, is, is what that fitness level two assessment can shed some light on is yeah. what we need to change there. I gotcha. I gotcha. Cool. Cool. Um, is there anything left that you think people need to know about, um, I guess the physical side of their golf swing that would benefit them, whether it's TPI focused or maybe just fitness in general focused? Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything new. Um, you know, I think I've, I've, um, you know, pretty much said, um, the, the biggest things is, um, you know, making sure there's intent behind what you're doing and the Mm -hmm. best way to, to figure out what that intent needs to be is going through a screen like this or screens like this, um, so that you can, you can, you know, change what you're doing mobility wise, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe somebody has been working on their hip mobility forever um, and they feel like that's, that's what they need to be doing, but they're not seeing any change in their golf swing. Maybe their hip mobility is great, but their mid back, their thoracic mobility is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just never knew that cause they never had somebody tell them or yeah. show them that, yeah. that it's, it's not good. Um, so going through a screen will help to identify that and be able to give them some reasoning behind what they're doing. Same thing for fitness. Um, you know, people, uh, will typically go to the gym and just do what they've always done. You know, mm-hmm. they, they maybe had some experience in high school or, or whatever um, um, sport background they had in um, doing some training or they, they know that running's good for them. So that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just keep doing it because that's what they've, they've always done. Um, and they're wondering why their golf game isn't improving by them doing more of what they've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because they, they just don't understand that um, there needs to be a different intent behind what they're doing if they want it to relate to golf more specifically. So, yeah, yeah that's the big yeah. thing. Get get screened so you, you can know what to do. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, well, a question I always like to wrap up with is um, what's your favorite golf course you've ever played? That's an easy one. Uh, Harbor Town Golf Links in Hilton okay. Head. Island, South Carolina. Um, yeah. I got to play that uh, a couple of years ago with my father-in-law and my two brothers-in-law. Um, it was an awesome time. We had a, a four caddy with us and that was the first time I got to experience, um, you know, having a caddy and, yeah. uh, that was, that was a great time. We had, we had a, a great morning out there. Um, you know, it wasn't too hot early in the morning. Um, the only the only uh bad thing about that experience is um we uh in that whole group that whole family that went down there we ended up passing around a, a flu bug to each other so oh, no. i was i was just recovering <laughs> from the flu when oh we yeah out there. Um, i think i still had a little bit of a fever um that morning and then one of my brothers in law um he got it during the round <laughs> oh no um and ended up getting sick as we were leaving. So yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> but we'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, awesome. Thanks for being here. Um, before we kind of wrap things up, how can people find you if they want to um, follow you or get more information? Or um, like we had said earlier, you're you're kind of toying with his idea of idea of doing a virtual assessment. So if they wanted to like get news from when you might start those and follow your information. Cause you put out a lot of good content on, on social media too. How can they do that? 
Yeah, so probably probably the easiest way um, to to get a hold of me, something that I I check and am working on regularly, would be my my Instagram page, um, and that's at impact dot Ankeny. Um, uh, and then the same things goes for for Facebook. So um, on that, it's just facebook.com backslash impact dot Ankeny. Um, so those those are probably the easiest way. Um, you can also email me. Uh, my email is Casey at impact um, or you can just visit my website impact Ankeny.com. And yeah, when I um, when I roll out that um, that offer of, of doing some virtual screens, um, which should be should be soon here. Um, I will definitely have that information on all those all those platforms. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Well, thanks for being here. We we really appreciate it. I loved hearing about all this stuff and doing the screening myself. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me on and looking forward to maybe getting out there and, and playing with you sometime. Definitely. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the Looper wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Looper Podcast. Talk to you next time.